0: signed up for Bible studies. If you haven't signed up for one of our one-on-one Bible studies, you need to get signed up tonight before you leave here. It's the right thing for you to do. Amen. Let's thank the Lord for what He's done already in this house tonight as you return to your seat. God bless you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'll be cognitive of the time tonight. I recognize that when a service moves as it has tonight, that God has already moved and touched in a powerful way, and I'm not in competition with God. But I want to leave you a little word tonight that I believe that God has laid upon my heart. I want to bring it to you. Let God complete the work that he has started. How many of you love the word of God? Amen. Amen. CLC, we have guests with us tonight. Would you welcome all of our guests that are with us? God bless you. Thank you for being here. Numbers chapter 10 and verse number 29. I'm just going to tell you now, I, I have a full message to preach I'm going to try to do my best tonight to kind of chop through it and um, not take a real long time getting to the end of this message tonight because I don't I don't want to belabor what the Lord has already done. but I want to leave a thought with you tonight, Numbers chapter 10 and verse number 29. I do covet your prayers this week. I pray for the strength of the Lord, both physically, spiritually, and emotionally. And that the Lord would help us and our staff and our team. There's a lot going on right now, and uh, we covet your prayers this week. Numbers chapter 10, verse 29. And Moses said unto Hobab, the son of Regal, the Midianite, Moses' father in law, We are journeying unto the place of which the Lord said. Get that. We are journeying. Unto the place of which the Lord said, I will give it you, come thou with us, and we will do thee good. For the Lord hath spoken good concerning Israel. And he said unto them, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and my own kindred. What a sad Sad decision when the call to follow God comes I don't ever want to say I'm going back to my own way how many of you want to follow the Lord tonight if I can just capture your attention tonight to talk to you for a moment On this idea, as a church, as a people, that we are journeying. We are journeying. Moses said, we are journeying to the place where the Lord said. Serving God is... There is a destination involved, but sometimes if we're not careful, we get so caught up in the idea of the destination that we miss the journey. And this journey that we're on, there's a lot of blessings in this journey. And there's a lot of joy in this journey. Over the last few months, God's been calling, I believe, calling the church to a new place. And I believe it's an urgent call to a journey and this call is a call to change. It's a call to reevaluate, to reevaluate our preparedness, to get ready for what God is going to do. Next month in September, the weekend of the 26th, very special weekend here, for we're going to be having a hope and healing service. We're very excited about it. We're going to be knocking doors, we're going to be doing all sorts of evangelism and outreach. We're going to be reaching out all around this area, praying that God is going to pour hope and healing out over individuals. I believe we're going to see scores of people sign up for baptism, scores of people sign up for Bible study, scores of people filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I believe God's still in that business, don't you? Before we ever get there, we have been working very hard in our preparedness, getting ready for what God is going to do. There was a season in this church when God brought about great revival, a great harvest. We baptized 58 in one month, but we were not ready for that, and we were not able to maintain what God was doing. But I believe we are much more prepared today than we were back in those days when that great revival came. God is calling us, and He's calling us to go deeper, to a deeper level of commitment and a higher level commitment of leadership and relationship because they run hand in hand. And as I recognize what God is doing, I see God calling this church and us individually. He is calling us to make some very wise decisions. Perhaps some of those decisions may be very costly for us individually. It may cost our opinions. It may cost our time. It may cost our wills. It may cost fleshly desires, but in the end, it will pay incredible dividends when we see the revival and the harvest that God is sending this church. I believe that we have been hovering in a, in a, in a space, in a place for quite some time where revival has been imminent upon us. And we have seen this morning, we baptized two since the beginning of this year. I'm not sure where the numbers are exactly, but somewhere approaching about 35 baptisms this year. I thank God for that. And while those numbers are not staggering, we are doing a great job in discipling and getting them in Bible studies and, and seeing people... Uh, Learn the Word of God and get anchored in. God is truly doing great things in this end time. But I recognize that if we're going to have the kind of revival that God is wanting to send us, we will not be able to continue to be a plotting church. But we're going to have to be a church that is prepared and equipped for a massive, swift, and quick revival. This call that I'm speaking to you about tonight is a call that that lacks total clarity in even my own mind. It is a call to a new destination. It is a call to what God is doing. When God calls, he doesn't always give us specific directions. Sometimes he simply gives us a word and he says, "Take off your shoes for you're standing on holy ground." And then he gives direction to Moses, but the direction was only partial. It was only just a little bit of insight into what he was supposed to do. Years of wilderness wandering could cause anyone to question the destination that we are going to end in. While the path is not completely clear, I do know that the destination is certain. I want somebody to know today that the journey that God has called this church to is a place of God's choosing, not man's choosing. I want to be very careful and very clear tonight as I speak to this church and to our leadership and to those who are here on this Sunday evening that I believe God is calling this church toward a great move of end time revival and it may not look the way we thought that it was going to look. It may not happen the way we thought it was going to look. It may cost some of us some of our opinions and some of our preferences. But I will tell you that there is a place that God is calling the church to. It is not a stagnant place. It is not a cold, dry place. But it is a place of perpetual harvest as we approach the end time. This means every ministry of the church is going to be challenged. This means every one of us has to relook and rethink what we are doing. It doesn't matter whether we are a parking lot worker, a greeter, an usher, whether we're a musician, a singer, whether we're an attendance taker, a Sunday school teacher, whether we're a worship leader, a preacher, a minister, a family member, a tithe payer, every one of us in this building must understand that there is a task for us and a job for us and it is going to take us to the next step. We must not be satisfied where we are. I know you don't want me to preach too long tonight, and I get that, but I've just got to get a few things through to you. We must understand that that what we are doing as a church is more important than our opinions, more important than our desires, more important than our titles. The Lord is calling us to a new place. My willingness as a leader has been challenged by God himself. I've been challenged to grow and to climb a mountain of change in order to see what that land that God is trying to take us to. Oftentimes, all the time, I would say, before God ever moves the church forward, he first must move the leadership forward. And we have been in a season where God has been dealing with me. He's been working on me. He's been dealing with our leadership. He's been working on our leadership. And we have been getting ready. But I'll tell you this much. We can only go as far as the church is willing to follow. Some people think their resistance is cute, but their resistance is not resistance against leadership and, 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 and the ministry. The leadership really is against the will of God. That resistance is against the will of God. And so what God is trying to do is to take us to places we've never been before. It may look different. It may cause us to respond different. It may cause us to act different. It may cause our ministry to even operate differently than what it has before. But we must come together. Brother Gentry preached about it this morning. We must come together with unity like we have never come together before. We must come together and fervently pray like we never have before because God has a plan and a purpose. So my question for you tonight is, are you willing to take the journey with the congregation? Are you willing That means that you may have to follow in some things that may not be as clear as what you would like them to be. All through the scripture, all through the scripture, the text that I read to you tonight is so very clear. It's so very clear in that it is unclear. Does that make sense? It's very clear that it's unclear. Moses, where are we going? We're going to the place that the Lord said. Well, where is that? To the place the Lord said. Well, where did the Lord say? He just said, we're going to a place. See, sometimes people want everything in black and white, written all out, detailed all out, and finalized. And what we miss is the perfection of us understanding the details of every move of the future of this church and us getting every I dotted and every T crossed sometimes can just hinder everything that we're trying to do. There is a point of faith where we need to walk into a service and say, where he leads me, I will follow Where are we going? I don't know, but it's where God says. Pastor, what's the church? I don't know, but it's what God says. What's the revival going to look like? I don't have all the details, but it's a place where God says. It's a place where God is leading. It's a place where God is wanting us to go. There's one thing for sure. It's not where we are now. God is calling us to go on a journey, and the journey is his destination. Pastor, are you saying that we all should just fall in line with blind faith? You don't have to follow me with blind faith. But I'm okay with us following God with blind faith. Because the things that you and I cannot see, God already sees, for He knows the end from the beginning. He knows what you and I, what you and I are just getting an idea to think about. God's already walked there. He's already been there. He's already worked out the details. He's already come out the other side of it. And we're over here fretting and and, and chewing our fingernails off, wondering what in the world is God doing and where in the world is God taking us. Some of us tonight need to make up our mind. You know what? I'm ready to get fired up about what God. God is doing, I'm ready to get some faith working in my life and we're going to a place. We're on a journey and we're on a journey to where God says and the church is going to move forward and I'm with the church. Where are you going? I don't know all the details, but I'm going where God says to go. Now I tell you I have already been warned in the spirit that some will say, pastor, I will go if everybody else goes. Because that's a common, that's a common theme among humans. Herd mentality, I'll go where everybody else goes. If everybody else does it, you know, I'll be with it. And then there's going to be those that are going to say, I'll go, but I need more information. I need all the details. I need I'm preaching to you tonight. I'm preaching to those that says I need to... To know the end from the beginning, I need all the I's dotted and the T's crossed and I need to understand and I need more clarity and and I I I, I need all of, uh, let me tell you where you're going to be. You're going to be on the sideline because we can't, we can't slow down. We can't stop and say, now once we get all of the ducks in a row, then we're going to come marching in. Sometimes God sends revival in ways that we never expected. Sometimes the doors just open and somebody walks in. Sometimes you're just sitting in a restaurant and God puts somebody in. front of you sometimes revival comes at strange times and in strange ways and then I'm not foolish because I recognize that there's always in every group some that say we're fine like we are and there are people who lack vision there are people who are spiritually dying There are those that will not ever clearly see the benefit of what God is doing in the church. The issue is, when God says, you've been in this location long enough. You've surrounded this mountain long enough. It's time for you to go to the next level, to go to the next place. The church must be willing and ready to go. But sometimes I'm, I'm preaching. I'm preaching in, in, at the end of a great service tonight, where you really responded well, and we had great worship. And didn't the choir sound great tonight? But sometimes. You know, you always know resistance. I raised three boys, three good boys, and I thank God for them. But I I learned so much about them because sometimes resistance was, I ain't doing it. And sometimes resistance was, Slow movement, sidetracked conversation between guys. We need to get you know you need to get that room cleaned up. We're going to and churches sometimes are not much different because you can tell how hungry people are for revival when the when the worship leader says, "Come on, clap your hands to the Lord." And you can see those that say, why? Come on, let's get the preacher on the floor. Or you can see those that say, I'm not clapping my hands for nobody. They tell me to do it, and I'm not doing it. And then there's those that are like... And then there are those that understand the power of a journey because every service is a journey. I complimented Gentry this morning because it's a very, very stressful weekend for the church. A lot going on, dealing with a lot. And I complimented him at lunch today. And I told him, Gentry, you did a great job. I said, You used a lot of wisdom in your approach this morning because you started where the people were, but then you took us out and higher than where we were. You took us to the next place. And he was listening intently to me, and I said, as a preacher, Jim, if you would have come in and tried to start where the church weren't, you would have taken the journey all by yourself and been frustrated that the church didn't go with you. But when you started where the church was, you lifted the church out of the stress and out of the burden, and you, you 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 lifted them with the word of God. It's a journey. That's what worship is. That's what this choir does. They must. They start where we are, but they lift us out. But we have to be willing to take the journey. Am I preaching to you tonight? You've got to be willing to take the journey. You can sit on your hands and shake your head. You can refuse to clap, refuse to sing, refuse to worry, and you're going to, to worship and you walk out the doors the same way you came in. But if you walk into this house and say, I'm not feeling well, but I'm going to leave better because I'm ready to take a journey to the place where the Lord says. The Lord said I may be weary, but I'm going to walk out in victory. The Lord said I may be under the load, but I'm going to walk out strengthened. It's a journey. And we've got to be willing to take the journey. Whether in a service, but tonight I'm preaching to a broader spectrum of the church. And I'm preaching to where we are moving and where we are going to as a church body. And as a group. I I believe that I have some direction But I may not have all clarity in everything. I I recognize. I was talking to somebody this week. We've had some that left us during COVID that still have not come back. If you're watching tonight, come on back to church. You can't live in fear all your life. Come on back to the house of God. And, And... then there's been, some, there's been some that have left us. And I don't ever take, I don't ever take that lightly. Um, one of the most painful things for me as a pastor, as a leader. And we've gone through a time of thinning. Some I understand and some I don't understand. But as a church body, I, I, I won't go into sp- specific details, but I was really worried over something the other day. And I was stressed over it actually. And I, I was for several weeks, had been pondering in my mind and thoughts in my mind because I uh, can be a bit of a worrier. And so I'm worrying and I'm thinking over a situation. And I was really concerned about a specific individual and stressing over it. And it's just, I couldn't get a release from it. And it just went on for probably two or three weeks. And it was as if the Lord just walked into the room where I was and just flipped the light switch on. All of a sudden the Lord said, what are you worried about? Because you're worried about things that are connected to the flesh. But the work that I am doing in this church is greater than any one individual. And sometimes we don't understand the process of thinning. When people leave, when people walk out, it's hurtful, it's painful, it affects the whole body. And, and, and some leave with bad attitudes, some leave and, for, for, for right reasons. Not everybody leaves wrong, it, it, but it's all painful nevertheless. And sometimes we go through these seasons and we're trying to figure it all out and we're trying to work it all out in our mind. And sometimes it's a setback. But the Lord spoke to me the other day and he said never question my timing of thinning. And I kind of it was almost like the Lord walked into the room where I was and he said never question the timing of my timing of thinning. And I I literally I felt tears come to my eyes and I said, "God, speak to me. I'm listening." And the Lord said, took me immediately to the scripture where he says the years, I will restore unto you the years that the palmer worm and the canker worm and the caterpillar has destroyed. And I walked out of that room where I was and all of a sudden in my eyes of faith, I began to see a revival that God said there were some things. There may have been some spirits. There may have been some attitudes. There may have been some weights that I had to to thin through. I had to work through to get the church to where it is ready. But when the soil is ready... I will cause the rain to come down, the former rain and the latter. I'm not just preaching to make you shout tonight, but the Lord spoke to me and said don't question my time of fitting, for I will cause the former rain and the latter rain to come down. You know what that means? That means all the rain that we've missed over 2020 during COVID and all the rain that we've missed so far. He said I'm going to cause it all to come down together at one time and you're going to be ready for it because it is the season for the rain. In everything you lost in your life, I am gonna. Re- I've got a word for somebody tonight. The enemy has cost you your faith. He's cost you. He's cost you your peace. He's cost you your finances. But I come tonight to tell somebody: I believe God wants to cause the rain to come down in your life in a measure that restores everything the enemy has taken from you. Oh, somebody rejoice in the Lord tonight. It won't be much longer. We've had a season of growth. We've baptized 33 or 35, something like that this, this year. A little season of growth. But what God's wanting to do is greater. I, I know it just sounds cliche when I say the greatest revival has not yet come. Because everybody says it. And we've heard it so much sometimes we're like, yeah, 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 yeah. If somehow I could get a handful of people in this room that are change makers in this church to get this in your spirit and say this journey pastor's preaching about tonight, it's about this revival that's greater than the revival we've had before. If just a few people would get it in your spirit tonight and say, you know what, that means me, I've got to engage. I've got to do more than I've ever done. i got to give more than I've ever given. i got to work harder than I ever have. I, because I want to be part of this. Re- if I could just get about half of this, church on board with what we're doing we, we will see this city turned upside down let me just fly through this real quick tonight because this text is too good just to leave and not share it with you In our text, Hobab didn't want to go. He wanted to go back to his own land. Hobab was from Midian. Just get this. I know Caleb the note taker is over here tonight. Hobab, he, he didn't want to go. He wanted to go back to his own land. His own land was Midian. The word Midian means strife. I could drop the mic right there. Because when you have people that have strife in their spirit. When you have people that are birthed out of strife. They never want to go where the church wants to go. They want to create strife and go where they want to go. Hobab didn't want to go because he wanted to go back to his old life that was filled with strife. He made a choice to go back to strife. Israel. They wanted to go back to the leeks and garlic because they knew that what blessed the flesh, the leeks and the garlics that was in the bondage of Egypt, they would rather work in the tar pits of of Egypt and be blessed naturally with leeks and garlic than to live in the land of abundance, in the land where God called them to, where he is providing for them every day. Because they valued the pleasures of the flesh more than they they valued the journey that God was trying to take them on. I needed a little more time tonight. There are three enemies that you better be really careful about. Three enemies that will keep you from getting in this journey and following in this journey. And the first enemy that you've got to fight is the enemy of your flesh. It's the greatest. I believe it's the greatest. You know what? We blame it on the devil. He's the second thing that I'm going to point out to you. And the third enemy we got to fight against is the world. But first off, we got to fight against the flesh because we let the flesh and our don't want to and our complacency and our spirits and our strife and our desire to go back where we came from, we allow those things to keep us out of the journey. The devil's going to fight you. How many of you's going to fight with the devil tonight? Oh Lord, we better have prayer meeting because if the devil isn't fighting you, you probably ain't doing much. But if you're in a fight and you know the devil's fighting you, then just rest assured, you know what? You're in good company because the devil fought Jesus and the closer he got and the more he did and the more he fasted and the more he prayed, the more the devil fought. You're in good company when the devil's fighting you. You need to just resist him. Be steadfast in the faith and speak and tell him, get behind me. And then there's the battle of the world. And the battle of the world is all of its pleasures and all the things that, that the world has to offer. The second thing, I've got to move real quick here. I'm going I'm to preach long when I said I'm going to preach short. Hobab wanted to go back to his own land, Midian, Midian Strife. And he wanted to go back to his own people. Misery loves company. And strife loves strivers. He wanted to go back not just to strife for himself, but he liked the company of his own people. It was his comfort zone. For some of us, we're going to have to break out of the cycles. Can I minister to you for a minute tonight? Pastor can only do so much, but there's some of us that live in cycles. We cycle in and out. We cycle up and we cycle down. We do good for a little while and then we cycle down. When we're good, we're real good. When we're down, we're destroying everybody. I love you. I'm preaching this out of love tonight. I'm not mad at anybody. I'm just trying to tell you some of us need to recognize the cycles that we get in, and we need to level some things out. When we start seeing ourselves in that downward spiral, we need to start praying and fasting and getting closer to God and getting closer to people that may not be our normal people because sometimes going back to your own people are the same old people that keep pulling you down, keep taking you down, keep pushing you down, keep walking with you into the land of strife. You need to get around some people that will say, come on, we're on this journey and we're going to make it. You're going to make it. I come tonight to encourage somebody and say, you're going to make it. You don't have to go back to strife. You don't have to go back to the old people that are pulling you down. Lift up your head and know God is for you and if God be for you, who can be against you? But ye are, here's why. In times past, we weren't even a people, but now, we're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. We are the people of God. The scripture is full of great and powerful words about the outcome when, we, when the people of God follow him. If my people, which are called by my name, Humble themselves and pray. We got all excited about the National Day of Prayer. What about the church? What about the people that are called by his name? Humbling themselves and praying. The world is not your people. There's nothing in the world for you. The country club is not your people. The Masonic Lodge is not your people. The dance hall is not your people. The church is your people. Let me tell you something. When we go through hardship and struggle, I really, I I appreciate when people call me and tell me, oh, I'm praying from all over the world. But you know where the greatest strength I have? The greatest strength I have is when people in this church right here walk up and put an arm around you and say, come on, we're praying together. Come on, we're believing together because this is where my strength comes. These are my people. These are the people of God. This is the people that I war with and I work with and I serve with. We need to find some people that will strengthen us. And then Hobab made a decision. He said, I'm not, I'm not going. He just simply said, I I I won't go. And and I wanna I wanna point this out to you. That's your decision. That's your decision. I've had somebody that I have reached for and prayed for for probably a year and a half. And most of the time when I speak with them and talk to them, they tell me, I just don't feel loved. Don't feel like you care. And I have said, I love you. I care for you. And finally, all of a sudden, I had to just reach. You know what? They're just wanting attention. If they're watching, I I love you. I love you. But it's your decision. We can't beg people into getting hungry. There are some people that are just going to refuse to go. Some because they love the attention not not going brings. Some people likes being sick because they love the attention being sick brings. Some people choose to not go on the journey because... They love the attention, everybody trying to get them. Come on, come on, come on. And that's because they're very important. Sometimes some of the most important and influential people can resist the journey. And they're affecting the whole movement. They are a, they are a key. And God has to raise up a stone. Another message for another time. But God has to raise up a stone and say, if you want, I will bring somebody else in that will. If you want, I will raise somebody else up. Look out because when revival comes, there's new people that are going to walk in this door that you're not going to have to beg to worship, not going to have to beg to pray, not going to have to beg to fast, not going to have to beg to sacrifice. They're going to say, come on, I need it. I want it. I'm on board. I'm closing. Give them some hope, Sister Cheryl. We as a church, we're going to a place in this journey, and we've got to make up our mind. Nothing, nothing, nothing is going to stop us. We've got to, I believe as a church, when you, a lot of times we're asking the questions of give me the steps, tell me what I need to do. First of all, we all as a church, the first thing we need to do is go to a new step, a new place in prayer. We need to take a new journey in prayer. That ought to be worth a hand clap right there. We need to go to a new place in prayer because prayer is what's going to change us and change things. Secondly, we need to go to a new place in commitment to where we truly are committed. There's there's some they. They want to lead, they want to be in charge, they want to be committed. God God works through committed people, through people who put their hand to the plow and they're not looking back, they're not backsliding every three weeks, they're determined. God's looking for some people that's willing to sacrifice. The price is going to be great. We're going to have to pay. It's going to cost us time and energy. It's going to cost us. It's going to cost us. This journey that we're on, it's, we've got to go to an elevated place of worship. I don't want to be hard on you tonight, but I believe God's calling us to a, to a higher place. Our worship has got to elevate. We've got to start walking in the doors of this building and start coming in and just saying, you know what? It's time to worship. It's time to worship. Doesn't matter what they're singing. Doesn't matter who's leading. It's time to worship. And we've got to go to a new place in faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to believe God. There's people in this room tonight that are sitting here and you've sat through the whole service and maybe you've thought this message is just another word, little word the pastor's bringing and it's just slid right through. But somebody tonight's going to get a hold of this in faith. And you're going to say, I heard the pastor tonight. He's trying to move our church forward. He's believing that God has given direction to move forward. That's what I'm coming to you with tonight. Somebody's going to get the faith and you're going to get a hold of it. And you're going to say, I'm going with the church going on this journey with the Lord. Where are we going, Pastor, to the place where the Lord says we're going? Who's going to go with us? This this is what requires a huge element of faith. Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible said Abraham went out by faith. He went out not knowing the land with which he was going to go, but he just went out by faith. This is the commitment that you and I are going to have to make tonight. I'm following Jesus on this journey. When 12 spies were sent out, 10 came back, and we don't know their name. They came back with a report. You're right. All the things that you said about the land, you're right. But there's giants in the land, and we can't take it. There was only two that said we can, and they were willing to take the journey if nobody else would. That's what we're looking for tonight. I'm not looking for the 10 that says, Pastor, I believe it. God really does want to send revival, but I don't believe it will ever happen in this church. You're going to be part of the 10. But I want to be part of the two. It says we're more than able. There may be giants in the land, but we're more than able. We're more than able. Are there any more than able people in this room tonight that would rise to your feet and declare... Pastor, I'm in this journey with you. Pastor, we're going to take the land. Pastor, we're going to see revival. Come on, let's, let's just seek the Lord right where we are right now all over this building. Just seek the Lord right now. Just seek Him right now. Come on, is there anybody that will declare we can? We're more than able. We're more than able. We're more than able. God, we believe you for revival. We believe you for harvest. God, we're on this journey. We want to go, God, where you're calling us to go. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. in your prayer tonight. Thank you for your church tonight and for your people that have stepped forward tonight as a sign of their commitment, of their willingness to take the journey, to go where you lead us, God. Lord, I pray over every home and family this week. Lord, I pray you lift this church. Be the lifter of our head. Be the strength of our life. Minister to us tonight. Lead us, Lord, in the path of somebody that we may tell about your goodness.